Welcome to The Catch-Up with me, Amanda. And me, Christina. We've been friends for the last 15 years, so have plenty to talk about. That's right. Join us as we chat about food, skincare, travel and current affairs. So let's begin our catch-up. Hey, Chrissy. So, wow, we are coming towards the end of lockdown, our phased sort of release from confinement, finally. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I think just in the, in the lead up to it, a lot of things have sort of come back to me about, oh, wow, what were we doing like a year and a bit ago? And I know for you and I, like one of the main reasons we moved over to the UK was because we wanted to travel, you know, base ourselves in London and really get out there and explore. So obviously, hopefully, that's going to come back on the agenda. I mean, once we're allowed to actually start traveling and other places are, are coming out of their lockdown, could still be a little while away. But it's good to kind of like think about it and, um, you know, look forward to something, you know, get something in the calendar and the diaries soon, hopefully. So, yeah, I thought it might be interesting to actually catch up with you about our travel aspirations. Also, you know, look back on what we've done in the past because I think we've covered quite a lot of places really in the time that we've been over here and even before that. So I'm quite keen to to hear from you, you know, what are some of the most memorable places that you've actually travelled to before? <laughs> hey, Amanda. To help jot my memory, I actually refer to my UK visa application form. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's very, very administrative. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm very diligent with my application form where they often have to ask you places you've been in and out of the country for over the last five or 10 years. So I was referring to my trusted list to help jot down some ideas, places I really, really enjoyed. So I think to kick start this conversation, I can't go without mentioning Morocco. Nice. It was one of the first places since moving to the UK I travelled to. And it was actually, you know, very unexpected. I did something that was really clearly outside my comfort zone. I travelled with a girl I had just met at a friend's party. I convinced her to join me on this tour. So I really didn't know anyone. So it was very out of my comfort zone. And to do something that I didn't think I would be able to do. So walking up the Mount Atlas. It was really tough walk. I'm not the most fittest person. And, you know, traveling to Sahara Desert, seeing a sunset in the desert, and then spending the night sleeping under stars. And let's face it, Morocco is not the most glamorous places. Um, so there are, you know, rough spots. And just to think that I was able to do all that and no complaints, it was just something... I can't believe I did it. <laughs> no no complaints from you or from your travelling buddy? Both. <laughs> travelling buddy and myself. Well, it's just like I, did, I would have never thought, you know, I'll be able to rough it out. So, yeah, that was really pushing to my limit, a comfort zone limit. So that was something I really look back on and go, wow, I did it. Well, did, did you it. bring um, makeup with you? No. <laughs> no makeup. Sunscreen, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the desert. Yeah, so that's something. Excellent. I think in the years to come, just, just a, you know, when you go in with no expectations and different culture, it really opened your eyes up to the whole place, the people, the food, the whole encounter, right? That's what travel is about. And did you find the people were quite friendly there as well? Yes, yes, super friendly and just so giving, like sharing the recipes, teaching us how to make tagine, just... Mm. 
you know, yeah, there were like feel rough people when we were going through the Marrakesh market, but overall everyone was just so friendly. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you said that because the reason why I was asking is when I went to Morocco, I remember thinking, especially in the marketplaces, I mean, you could say, oh, they're being really super friendly, but kind of borderline, obviously a bit pushy and rude because anyway, they had they sort of would physically put their arm around you to try and encourage you to go and sit in there like their food stalls. But good thing because was the, the person you were travelling with was another female, wasn't it, you said? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and then we joined a tour. So it wasn't like I was completely on my own, but, I mean, I didn't know anyone. <laughs> I hardly knew the person I was travelling with and we got along really well. But, yeah, it's just something I didn't think I could do. That sounds really good, really awesome. So, yeah, what what's what about another place that you've got on your sort of top three, four list? Oh, I think this is getting really hard. Um, I really like Italy. I mean, one of the reasons, mm. as you said, moving to UK is to travel around Europe and Italy is always a top spot. I've been to various places in Italy, but I think I always refer back to my memories in Cinque Terre and Lake Como. There was two separate trips, but I just think, they represent the whole Mediterranean lifestyle. You're looking at the coastline, beautiful architecture, fresh seafood, mm. you know, Mediterranean diet. There's just the attitude to life. There's no rush to anything. And I think it is quite a contrast. Like Italy is quite a big country and Cinque Terre is like towards the south and Lake Como is in North Italy and North of Italy is like wealth you know, they, they're so wealthy. They've got all this beautiful architecture and you can really see it in the gardens, the houses. I mean, George Clooney based himself there. So, <laughs> <laughs> What George likes must be good. <laughs> yeah, just seeing those. And then you go to Cinque Terre and say, wow, it's fishing villages, but they've got this just very relaxing attitude and you really feel like you had a holiday. Were the, when you went to Cinque Terre, um, because when I went, some of the pathways were closed due to, you know, the rock falls and everything. Was that the same for you as well? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we just had to make do, right? Yeah. <laughs> that situation. But it's, I think this is way before, I think now they have some license or limit on the number of people that could go on the hikes or visit the area due to the amount of tourism. Mm. Um, I think the locals weren't too pleased with the amount of people they're trying to preserve the tracks, I imagine, everything. Cause, yeah, exactly. I mean, it is beautiful there. And I'm glad you mentioned it because I was like, oh, that brings back really nice memories. It's so beautiful. And the food is, is yes. amazing, isn't it? Fresh, fresh, <sighs> fresh. <laughs> yeah. There's so many more great places in Italy that I could talk about. <laughs> what about you? Where are your, some of your memorable places? Uh, oh, wow. Um, so... I would say one of the, the top places I've been to and highly recommend is South Africa. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of on my, you know, my wish list and the, and the top sort of place I want to yeah. visit. And I finally got there and it is amazing and, and on all levels. So the people are super friendly. They're very much like, like Australians, I find, in terms of sense of humour mm-hmm. and personality, quite open, warm, friendly, inviting people. The food was amazing, really fresh produce. So you know how we're quite accustomed, I think it sounds a bit snobby, but, you know, back home everything is is fresh and obviously we grow a lot of it ourselves. Um, So it was the same there. So in terms of like their actual sort of the meat, the vegetables, the seafood, the whole range and their, their cooking skills, the place I went to, you don't have to go to like the fancy fine dining places to get a very good meal. And definitely the highlight in South Africa. So I went to um, 
Cape Town, uh, just kind of stopped by Johannesburg into the airport, didn't actually sort of go into the town as such. Uh, went to the winery region called Stollenbosch and, of course, definitely went for a safari. So mm-hmm. um, Kruger National Park, which everyone's probably familiar with the name, uh, I didn't actually – we t- took a day tour through there, which was amazing, sort of like in a private sort of full drive, just trying to spot the elephants and the giraffes, which we did, which was amazing. Mm. Uh, but where I actually stayed was in a private game reserve just outside Kruger. Oh, wow. It was beautifully done up. It was like the, the way they did it, the rooms, they had one of those – baths just sitting in the room itself and then like a shower that you could see a 360 of all the surrounding. And then do you look out to the safari? Well, I mean, the the game reserve, basically you are, you are placed within the reserve. So yep. what they do is they do a twice a day, um, you go out onto an open top sort of, I guess, full drive truck. You do it at dawn and you do it at dusk with your the group of people that are there. Mm. And they take you out so that you can obviously go spotting for the the big five as they call it so um you kind of always you're kind of going out going oh we're gonna tick it off my list will i see a lion you know will i see a water buffalo will i see this it was it's really exciting like a safari bingo yeah it is a bit like that you're like yeah i see one and it was amazing (laughs) we we got to see um and this this sounds weird it's probably not thing the animal that people go i'm going to see but a honey badger so oh they're yeah they're quite big they're sort of like black and white like a raccoon okay sorry if this is not quite right but they're they're much bigger than that and they're quite actually can be quite aggressive obviously oh. like any animal if you, you invade their territory uh but it's very rare to see one apparently and because they're oh, quick wow. low to the ground and i think it was on one of the i don't know the dawn um drive outs as we call it and yeah the the spotters as they're called they basically sit up the front next to the driver and that's their job because their eyesight and what they're oh looking out for is so sharp that they oh, will wow. see it like five minutes before you even realise what's oh, going on. Wow. So they're trained to spot it. Exactly. They were like, wow, amazing. there, I see something over in the brush, to, you know, to your right at the 7 o'clock, whatever it is, and everyone's like, where, where, where? But you don't want to startle the animals, so you, you've got to make sure you remember you're sitting down and you're, you're peering out in the darkness, and it was awesome. It was great. I mean, what I'm saying is only like one one hundredth of the whole trip, but if you if you haven't done it, I would say definitely get over there and and make a point of of seeing it. Yeah, I've been to South Africa f- um, for work actually, and I've been to Cape Town and the wine region that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And you're right, like everything there is so fresh, and the wine mm-hmm. reminds me so much of Australian wine. Yeah, I guess very similar weather. Yeah. Um, the grapes variety are probably very similar. But I didn't get to do the safari experience because um, we only had a few days on either side of work. <laughs> <laughs> so I really didn't get to go out to experience all that. But when you were there, did you feel like you had this different relationship with wildlife or respect for the wildlife? I'm imagining it could be quite like a David Edinburgh <laughs> experience. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. I mean, and the way they've got it set up is it is, as I said, it's very respectful. It, it's not a zoo you know at the end yeah. of the day um this is their natural habitat and yeah you're the visitor exactly and you have to be make sure you remember that you're in their territory and their habitat and their home so it's good to have the locals guiding you and that you actually are uh, with them at all times for them to remind you of that i mean and the, the thing is when you're there you can actually get quite close up to it so like there was um twin cheetahs 
um, which was like, a, I don't know if it's a brother and a sister or two sisters now. And actually, they it's not that they were domesticated in any sense, no. It's just that the the game reserve keepers, they, they know them on such a personal level, these animals, that they know what you can and can't do, sort of not, you know, almost pushing the boundaries. So they would say, oh, look, they're the twins. They're out. Oh, they're just lazing on the rock over there. Oh, come on, everyone. You can come closer and get photos. And it's kind of like, are you? are you sure we can get that close? <laughs> you know, because cheetahs can run pretty fast. So they're like, no, it's fine. You know, they they know us, so they trust us. No, they don't know you, but you're with us and we are looking after you. And you just, you do have that inherent wow. innate trust. You in can them. get quite close and personal. Yeah. If I show you the photo next time, the cheetahs are just over my shoulder. Oh, it's quite scary to think you could be this close. It's, a, it's an amazing experience. Though. I mean, I, you can probably yeah. hear the smile in my voice. It was oh, just wow. every part of it. I was like, oh, I don't want to leave. Like, I, I don't feel like I'd ever get tired of going out and, and spotting these these animals. Oh, They're sounds wonderful. great. Yeah. It's always good, right, when you come back with those memories yeah. that really live with you for years to come and you kind of always refer back to and reflect on saying how great that was because it was so memorable. Yeah, exactly. So, Chrissy, you've mentioned a couple of your trips now that were, you know, really memorable for you. Do you have a, a couple of others that you're happy to, like, chat about? Yes. I'm really excited about this one. Um, this is the south of Spain region, and I hope I get the pronunciation right, Andalusia. So it, it's the cities, I'm talking about the cities of Seville, Granada and I've been to Cordoba also within that region and the reason I really like it is the architecture and the history of it. Some people might not know this and I certainly didn't before I visited that region. It's that combination of Moorish and Spanish influence on the architecture because from 8th century to 15th century um, the Arab ruled that part of Spain. So you see it in the buildings you see and just the way of life. You see it on the streets, the buildings and particular sites. And I keep thinking back to Alhambra. I don't know if you've been in Granada. No. So Alhambra means the Red Palace. So it was built, um, the Muslim built it. And outside it looks so plain. It doesn't look like anything. It's red. You know, it's boring if you want to say it that way. But when you go in, they call it the paradise on earth. And they refer to different passages from the Quran and then they mirror those passages with um, Islamic patterns or designs on the wall. And you just go, wow, it's so beautiful. It's open courts, all the rooms are linked together. And in the middle, usually there's fountain or water because water is life. And you're just like, I can't believe that was built in like 11th century or whatever it was back then they built it. And they even have sewage system that was built in the 11th century. That was forward thinking. Yeah, they're so clever. And it's just so beautiful. I don't even know how to put it in words. Like The sun hits the tiles and the tiles glitters. And you look around, you're like, I can't believe I'm in this open space. So amazing. It looks like nothing on the outside. But when you go in, you really feel like, wow, this is a paradise. And then in later years... Um, when Spain conquered that region again, they then added on, um, like I guess, Christian influences, like a different part of the palace, and that's got different um, architecture style as well. So when you go in, you really see, you really feel you're walking through history. Mm, yeah, I can imagine. That's just so amazing, the whole influence. 
And then also, obviously, Seville being a large city, you see all that as well in the palaces. But I keep coming back to Cordoba. In Cordoba, it's like a small, like a small town. You get, you can get the train from Seville. It's like an hour on the fast train, and you go to this. It was a mosque, but then got turned into a cathedral, mm. and they mirror that mosque from Domecus. So you see all the Islamic design once again, and it's got like hundred domes or something inside, and everything is geometrically lined. So no matter which way you look, you always see a straight line. Wow! With all the ashes, whether you look diagonal or straight, and you're just like, that's that's so clever, right? To think that human, you know, from centuries ago, were able to design something so beautiful that it's still it's being preserved today. And I think that aspect of history is something that I come to really admire and respect because Europe is so rich in those history.、Mm. And did your photos do it justice? Because I, I can imagine, as you said, it's hard to, <laughs> to visually describe this. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Alhambra, yes, that、like、you can focus on the pattern itself, but you can't really take a step back and、mm. put. All the beauty in it, and it's always so busy with people. So it's it was hard to get the photos. So it's kind of like you better take a photo memory in your brain. Yeah, <laughs> blink and stick it in your brain. Yeah. And another one, I, I'll just quickly cover this one. It's also because of the architecture, and maybe it's a place you wouldn't expect me to say. It's Chicago in America. <laughs>、mm. No, I didn't expect that. Okay. No, didn't think so. I mean, I've been to East Coast, I've been to West Coast, but apparently it's the Midwest <laughs> that I enjoy the most. Yeah. And really, again, it's because of the architecture, the buildings, everything is planned out. It's just so beautiful and so neat, and it's really great for summer. Um, it's just so refreshing to walk in like a. Beautifully designed city, and they have amazing jazz clubs. <laughs> oh, I thought you were about to say deep dish pizzas. <laughs> oh, yes, but I mean, you can only probably do that once. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it gets quite filling, but yeah. Did you take a river cruise while you were there to appreciate the architecture from that vantage? No, I didn't do a river cruise. I did a walking architecture tour,、mm. so you get to walk, I guess, to maybe places you wouldn't be able to cover from the river vintage points. Wow. Yeah, it sounds great. I did enjoy Chicago as well. I did it from the other aspect, so I went along the the boat side of things to see it, take it in from there. But as you said, it is it is a stunning city. I mean, could you see yourself living there? <laughs>、mm, maybe only summer. Can't imagine what winter would be like there. But and they also do really great lemon tea <laughs> with no sugar. That's the main thing. I don't like sugary、oh, drinks. Okay, there you go.、So、I felt like. I felt like it was really fitting for me because I could walk around with a lemon tea like all the locals. <laughs> First tip for visiting Chicago: get the lemon tea <laughs> in summer. <laughs> in summer, yeah, exactly. Wow, that, that sounds amazing. Definitely the roundup of places that you've mentioned. It crosses different continents, different types of places. Although、mm-hmm. I did think just now maybe your secret calling in life was be to be an architect. Because you have a great appreciation of that side of things.、So. Oh, maybe. Yeah, exactly.、Oh, I haven't thought of that. Gosh, <laughs> never too late. And you are wearing a stripy top, so all those lines, <laughs> all those straight lines. Yeah,、exactly. calculated. Yeah. Well, I mean, some, yeah, I think some of the other places that I've, I've visited that I've enjoyed. One of them is a is a quick one to mention, but it was a standout for me. It was when I went to Whistler in Vancouver. Ooh. And it was beautiful because it was like a picture postcard. The snow was falling. There were the pine trees lining the streets. It was powdered snow, just beautiful. 
I was going to ask you if you went during winter for the ski season. Yes, and actually it was the first time um, I went on a snow trip. This was when I was like a, oh, I don't know how old I was, 14, 15 or something with my family, and it was the first place I, I learned to ski. So it definitely holds very significant memories for me in that regard because I enjoyed it so much. That's that's where I learned to love skiing, you know, why I want to go, you know, do some more ski trips. But like I said, the actual place itself, and again, Canadians, such nice people, like really down-to-earth, genuine people. Um, and I remember the ski instructor that basically was for my family. He was so nice. He was always happy. He reminds me of Robin Williams. Like he was oh, just right. smiling all the time and, you know, and he was very encouraging. And I think at one point my poor parents got a bit physically tired with, with the skiing because us kids were picking it up faster as you do when you're kids. And so my <laughs> mum was like, oh, I think dad and I might just go have a coffee and go sit in the uh, the chalet. <laughs> you kids keep going, keep skiing. And that, the ski instructor very, you know, kind of gently but friendly was like, that sounds like a good idea, mum and dad. Yeah, why don't you put your feet up for a bit and I'll take the kids down the slopes a couple of times. <laughs> so, yeah, didn't want to hold us back. No, it was it was really lovely. Um, actually, I did think about moving to Canada at the time oh. when I was just debating between UK and Canada. So there you go. What tipped it to UK? I think because my brother was here and also just the proximity to Europe because mm. when I thought about where I wanted to travel, I was like, oh, yeah. I think I'll do that. So, um, and then one of the other great places that I've been to is the Caribbean. So, oh, yes, I think that's all I need to say, really. Caribbean, and it just conjures up images of palm trees, island, holiday. sandy beaches, oh, nice. beautiful, clear, blue, green water. I would recommend if you go there, one of the things to do is to go swimming with the stingrays. Oh my god! Yeah, it sounds a bit, little bit, little bit scary, a little bit daunting. But they're, like, so friendly. They're, like, playful animals, like puppies or something. They're just in the water. And they're, they're huge, actually. And you know what they really? feel like? They feel like jelly. So when they go swimming around your legs, so you go, you go sort of out in the ocean in, in the boat and then you enter this sort of shallow bank where they're swimming. It's almost like a, a stingray children's swimming pool type thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> like quite a special cute. area. Exactly. And so all the people we wade in and they're just swimming freely and they're going in and out between your legs. And in case you're wondering, yes, they are stingrays. They do have little barbs on their tails. So at most, at most, you might get a couple of very shallow superficial scratches on your skin. Really? I think about Steve Irwin when I think about stingrays. Oh, no. No, I know. I mean, yes. Well, these ones are, are, are friendly and our lives weren't in danger in, in that sense at all. So, but yeah, I would, it's not the first thing you think of, but I would say definitely go do that. And of course, when you're in the Caribbean, go to a rum party, Caribbean yeah. rum, you know, it's great fun. It, there's no inhibitions. It's not, it's not like a dirty, slimy nightclub where the floor is sticky. underground. <laughs> this is just out in the open because the weather's beautiful and they've got like um, the band and the, and the drums and Everyone's just having a, a genuine good time. You don't actually have to, well, I didn't feel worried about my safety, let's just say, mm. because there's people of all age groups. And, yeah, it was it was lovely. It was, mm. if you want a beachy kind of holiday, that, that's definitely the one I'd go to. I think you're about the people and dangerous animals. <laughs> 
people and dangerous animals. Tick, tick. Yes. <laughs> Though, Amanda, you know, we've talked about so many places we've been to, but I have to ask, has anything scary or funny happened on any of your trips? Oh, yeah, definitely. I can't, I'm racking my brains. I can't think of anything funny, but definitely on the not so good side, and this is so common, is pickpocketing. But I, I don't know why. I don't think I'm not street smart or travel safe, but I seem to definitely attract pickpocketers <laughs> of all kinds. And I've, yeah, I've even had it in London, by the way, twice. So, you know, it's, it's any big city really. But I think one of the first times was in Paris with my sister. We were traveling around Europe together. And actually the tactic that these guys used was definitely more on the physical aggressive side of things because – what happened was we were travelling on the metro with our suitcases and they de- they deliberately physically blocked me from being able to mm-hmm. get off the train. And mm-hmm. so my sister got off, got the suitcases off, and then I had one put his arm up between me and the pole so I couldn't actually move anywhere and the other one was pickpocketing me. And obviously I'm knowing this more in hindsight. And I got so frantic because my sister was waving at me to like, hurry up, get off the train, and I'm like, I I physically can't. And I kept saying, excusez-moi, excusez-moi, excusez-moi. <laughs> and all of a sudden, randomly, the guy drops his arm. And so obviously I, I rush out of the train. And the only way oh. we knew what had happened was because my parents called my mobile. And it wasn't me who picked up. It was some guy. Hello. And my mom's like, hold on. <laughs> Who's this? Okay, I've called the wrong number. Let me try again. Hello. Okay, that still doesn't sound like my daughter. And she's like saying to my dad, what's the goal? What's the, what's the, you know, what's going on? Am I dialing dialing the wrong number? He goes, oh, you must be. It's international. Zero, zero, one. Anyway, happened three or four times. Finally called my sister and said, ask Amanda where her phone is. Does she have (laughs) it with her? Amanda, you got your phone? Uh, (gasps) Amanda. Nope. Gone. Do you know, this reminds me of our Paris trip where exactly the same thing happened to you. What? What what do you mean? When? We were trying to get onto the Metro to head back for the Eurostar and then this little boy jumped in front of us and blocked us trying to get onto the Metro. And then meanwhile, I see these two girls pushing from the back and then they're trying to ramage, go in front of you and try and unlock your handbag. And this was when I then smacked them. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) You smacked them down. Get out of the way. Oh, it's just like, I should... Amanda, this story, I've heard it before in Paris. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I forgot that time till you reminded me. I should hire you like as a personal bodyguard <laughs> as we travel. Travel eyes for Amanda. You will smack all the kids and pickpocketers out of the way. <laughs> You'll be like, watch out. I know. Well, as bad. you were just saying that story, I'm like, I think I lived this story before with Amanda. You, yeah, you thought, oh, it was that trip. You're like, oh, my gosh, no, it's the other trip. No, it's happened to me in all the best places you can think of, Barcelona, Lisbon, Paris, and oh, London. wow. You're a hot target. I know. I shouldn't advertise it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so where are you planning on going next? Uh, <laughs> I'm doing a virtual tour. Good luck with that. <laughs> so, well, come on. Has anything happened to you then? I mean, or even an interesting, doesn't have to be horror story. Oh, well, uh, thankfully, I haven't been pickpocketed. Oh, lucky. Touch wood, touch wood. Yeah. <laughs> Not horror story, but something that really brings forth the cost of wars and human life lost is when we went to Bosnia 
in Mostar and you walk around and you see all these buildings being abandoned from the 1990s civil war. And it's not just abandoned. They've got bullet holes on the wall, on the cement. And you just look around and you're like, wow, you know, it really happened. This is real. And we went in 2016, the week after Brexit. <laughs> Memorable day. This is how much I can remember this trip. And we, we just walked around and we were thinking, oh, wow, like, you know, it's been decades and you know, these people are really struggling and they haven't got the money to repair the wall or, or protect the buildings. And at the time, it was an unemployment rate of 40%. So you walk around, you're like, um, you know, this is a really sad side of history and the cost of war, you're really experiencing it. And that's something that really left an imprint. Yeah, I can imagine that's really sad, actually. It's mm. kind of like forever sort of ingrained into the walls, as you said. like a, Yeah, um, we can see the buildings left behind, but I guess it's the human stories and the human cost. Yeah. You don't see as, you know, time goes on, we just see the buildings. But I can't imagine what it was like to live through that. Very sad, yeah. Oh. And on a happier note. Okay. <laughs> Let's, is this, this is a happy story then. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, you're laughing. Why? What's happening? No, it is happy story, okay. but I'm a bit embarrassed to say how much I enjoy it. Go on. Have you done musical tours? Uh, musical tours? What do you mean? Gone to a country to go on a music tour? Yes. No. So there's one in the UK mm-hmm. in Liverpool where Beatles started. Oh, that's cool. So my dad grew up with the Beatles music, so I took him to Liverpool and we did the Beatles Magic Bus Tour and it is so fun. I mean, I didn't even know how many Beatles songs I actually knew, but it was just a joy that I could see on my dad's face. As soon as they played the first note of the music, he instantly knew what song it was. <laughs> and one of Beatles' uh, famous songs is Penny Lane, so it's actually based on the road called Penny Lane. So we drove through that road whilst the music was playing and then it will point out oh this is the hairdresser that Paul McCartney was referring to this is the bus stop he was going to and you were you were like wow this is so amazing and everyone were just singing along do you want to sing a couple of bars now Penny Lane no that's all oh, I, <laughs> I was like I was, I was really like come on I don't know that song I need love, to hear it love me do mm-hmm. you know I love you that's not Penny Lane though oh that's not even Penny Lane. Oh, you're getting me mixed up with the Beatles. I better, I better listen to this later. You gotta brush up on your Beatles song. Mm. And another one that I've done, and I've done it twice. Another one you've done twice. Okay, you love the music. Tour. It's not Beatles. Okay, it's the Sound of Music tour in Salzburg in Austria. Oh, that is a classic. That, how was it? Oh, amazing. Wow. Look at you. You did do it twice, to be fair. So, Well, the first time I did it in winter because we went to um, Salzburg for Christmas market. And I liked the tour so much that in summer when my dad was visiting, I was like, Dad, we have to do do this tour. Oh, your dad loves them too. He's been with yeah. you on these. And I've done it twice. Each time it's slightly different, but it is got the same heart of it it is about sound of music the movie and they play the songs they take you to the locations where they film the movie and they you know everyone just sings along and really get into the spirit of it so there are videos of me singing 
which I'm not going to share. Okay, I was just going to say, come on, are you going to share those? No? No. We'll do a karaoke session. I shouldn't even mention it. <laughs> well, I mean, we can start do a deer. A female deer, ray, a drop of golden sun. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll end it on that note. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Obviously, we've talked about all the places that we've, well, not all the places, but some of the places we visited, which were amazing. I mean, now we need to think about where we want to go to, really. So have you actually given any thought to that yet? Or have you been putting it off because of lockdown? Yeah, because of lockdown. There's no point. I mean, we had trips booked and holidays booked for last year. And I spent most of last year trying to get money back for trips and flights. So really not that motivated to physically book something yet but I mean there are always lists of destinations to think about and I keep thinking about you know I've done a lot of Europe now I've been very lucky and blessed over the last 10 years to really you know live here and go to a lot of places but I always think about maybe Japan or Korea one day yeah (laughs) the food is looks amazing obviously really respect their culture as well so we'd just like to experience some of that what about you post lockdown (laughs) Oh, I'm like you. I'm kind of like, I haven't booked anywhere because I don't want to go through the pain and grief of trying to get money back and then travel vouchers. But anyway, parking all that pessimism aside, looking forward to to next trips, um, I'm thinking South America is actually mm. um, right at the top of my list because it has been there for <laughs> a few years now. And I really want to get there, like, you know, Michi, or how do you pronounce it? Michi Picchu? Peru, and obviously when you have all these natural landmarks around the world um, and a lot of tourists, um, you know, kind of like Cinque Terre, when you mentioned that obviously they're putting some limitation, that's one of the places where they've sort of said, look, they're thinking about closing it off now. And it sounds terrible. It sounds really selfish of me, but I'm like, I want to get there before that happens. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't want to contribute to the destruction of it and I hope there's ways to that they can preserve it that you can still enjoy it but I really would really really like to go there and and cover more South America generally as well Mm. let me give you a tip on that Amanda okay I'm listening (laughs) yes well we've been doing virtual trips at home and we have been to that set location (laughs) wait 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 a virtual trip so you've been to Machu Picchu virtually Yes, at oh. home, in the comfort of your living room. So it's an online platform and these are, um, you know, tour guides that would usually take people on tours when they visit a location. But due to COVID pandemic, no one's traveling. So they are putting on all these tours, which you can book virtually at home and you experience what they show you via the phone. And so you can, you know, look at your TV and you can see what they're looking at. And then they do the commentary. They show you places. They even pause for you to take photos. Oh, so you can take like screenshot. screenshot photos. So it sounds like a walking, like when you do walking tours, but it's just virtual. Exactly. It's like that. And it's free to book. And at the end, you know, you can tip them at an amount you think is suitable. Oh, wow. That's really good. So we've been to Machu Picchu. We've been to Egypt <laughs> to look at the pyramids. What? But it's amazing because... These sites would usually be packed with people. So it's so great now that it's actually quiet and you get to enjoy it without people around you. And you can take a photo without people getting in your shot as well, you mean? 
But it's amazing, right? With the virtual tours, because like you could be in Europe and then your next tour could be in Africa and like in Egypt, and then you could do something in South America all in one day. That's amazing. Yeah. It'd be a lot cheaper. You don't have to sit on the plane for hours at a time. <laughs> you don't have to worry about <laughs> getting like travel tummy bug or anything like that. So, I mean, what's the next virtual tour trip? Oh, we've got one coming up, don't we? Yes, I've got you guys in, into it now, don't I? And where we where we're heading? We're going to Japan, aren't we? Yep, to check out the cherry blossoms. Oh no, that sounds great. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, one day when we manage to get out, we can book something, Chrissy. We will get there, right? Yes, we will. And we have all these amazing memories to hold on to. There's so many more memories we can talk about. Yeah, I agreed. We we've, we've only covered just the, the tip surface. of the ice exactly <laughs> it's just so much more to talk about so many more to say oh we'll have to cover that in one of our next episodes we'll have to do a revisit and see where we if we actually got anywhere oh no okay we'll look forward to it so we're going to see you on sunday then see you in japan see you in japan see you in sayonara <laughs> sayonara Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, The Catch-Up with Amanda and Christina, to get the latest episodes. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and any of your favorite podcast apps. Give us a five-star review if you enjoyed our podcast, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at catchup_pod. underscore pod. We would love to hear from you, so leave those comments.